Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I survived Christmas. I'm still here to tell the tale of the war on Christmas that I survived. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, Christmas came, went. Uh, it's almost the end of the decade. Uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is for, is You is the number one hit single this week, which... Uh, <laughs> I believe, and, but I mean, of course, today it's illegal to play that song since it's since it's no longer Christmas. So now, now everyone, I guess so. that song is going to be well. Yeah. It, it conceivably could Mike still Bloomberg be at the top of the charts place. on January first, which is kind of crazy to think that like the <laughs> the first number one hit of 2020 could be a song from 1994. Which is well, I mean, apparently um, we, we can't move past our, our fucking childhoods when it comes to pop culture. So that's, I guess, pretty fitting, which you know, no, obviously no. you can well, tell I've, I've seen fucking Rise of Skywalker. So I'm really salty about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just re- recycling our zeitgeist and selling our own childhood back to us. That's kind of, you know, what Spielberg really pioneered. But, you know, interesting enough, 1994 was also the year that uh, a film came out called uh, Interview with the Vampire, not a vampire, the vampire, get it right. Uh, and I've been meaning to watch this for a while just because it's like, you know, it's Great one movie. of those ones that people talked about a lot of the time, you know, but it's been 26 years and I hadn't seen it oh, all wow. that time. And I was, you know, I was like, does it really hold up still? Because there's a lot of movies from the 90s that do not hold up because they were never good to begin with, but they had a lot of hype marketing. It's just been like Total Recall, terrible movie. Terrible production aesthetics. Um, really fucking corny. Cheesy. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, awful. The set pieces are awful for it's, sci-fi. It's, it's, you it's, know. it's I find it enjoyable, but it's not because it's a good movie. It's like enjoyably cheesy the way I find, you know, like. It, sure, sure. But certainly well, and I remember the, the interview the vampire has like an element of melodrama to it. You know, and I know like a lot of, you know, some 90s music scores get dated, you know, pretty quickly. Um, but this one is really kind of a throwback to like 1920s and 30s horror films. Like, like it's mm-hmm. deliberately the music is, is a throwback to that, right? Uh, and and some of the acting is just like slightly overacted on purpose, but it, it fits because it's within this this realm of like well, it's the 1700s, it's eight, you know 1800s, and yeah. it's kind of uh, there, there's a, a sort of a, a motif there, a thespian motif that fits it. Uh, and, and so much so that apparently when, uh, Anne Rice, who wrote the like 11 books out of this series and the first one was in the seventies and they've been trying to adapt it for 20 years. Um, she wanted Rucker Howard to play the, the bad guy, Lestat, right. And the Tom role Cruise finally went control. to Tom yeah. Cruise and she was, she was furious about it because huh. all she had seen him in was in like Top Gun, you know, or Days of Thunder. And she was like, I just incensed about it and, you know, wanted her name taken off of it and was like total, so, you know, totally flip it out. And then when she finally saw it, she was like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> she took out she took out ads in two different newspapers to like publicly apologize. Oh, wow. For all of her statements. She had said, yeah. Rucker yeah, and she would have been way too fucking old for that role. Like, well, yeah, but he's keep in mind that she she wrote it in 1976 and sold the rights to it two years later. Okay, so okay. like she thought. It was going to get made, you know, early 80s, not 37 you know, year old Rucker Howard, not 50 something year old. Sure. Yeah. He still was never like, he's yeah, always looked like know, an old guy, though. Like, I don't know. That's a weird. Kind of. Kind of. He's not, I mean, he's, pretty young he's and, not, and, and supposed to be this like not. amazing sex symbol. Like, I can't imagine. I don't know. But whatever. I mean, you know. 
Well, I, I could report the film holds up really fucking well um, because it was all, you know, like practical effects, mm-hmm. practical makeup. Um, there's a little bit of CGI where they have like a nighttime cityscape shot and they had to like, you know, uh, cover up a radio tower by putting in like an old sailing ship there instead. But, you know, it's all at night, so you can't really tell. Uh, they did some really great scale models of uh, some of the cityscapes, especially like, you know, they're all of the French Quarter is supposed to be on fire. Like they they built like, you know, what you see from the ship as they're leaving. Um, did some great set pieces. They built like actually right on the uh, Mississippi River, right in, uh, you know, very close to, um, you know, the French Quarter in, in New Orleans. And just I, I was amazed at how well they you know, a lot of the scenes played, you know, the dialogue action, that's all great. It's gory. Um, the, the big, you know, the, uh, the, the, um, the theater troupe, it's all vampires in, in Paris, like that whole scene, uh, way more disturbing than I remember that. Cause like the whole audience is kind of like, Oh, this is all just they're vamp. They're, you know, they're people pretending to be vampires and Brad Pitt's character is like, Oh, they're vampires pretending to be people pretending to be vampires. Like that's how they're getting away with doing, you know, just sacrificing this, this naked woman on stage. Oh yeah. No, I totally forgot like, about that. So, so I haven't seen this in movie in years uh, either. I forgot how yeah. fucked up some of that movie is. It is. It's, it's really fucked up, and it, especially because like the audience is just watching it happen, uh-huh, and they uh-huh. don't realize that it's it's brutal, real. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and God, fucking uh, Kirsten Stewart, you know, eleven years Kirsten old, Dunst. first acting she's ever done. What did I say, Kirsten yeah, that's, Stewart? That's yeah, Twilight. There you go. Wrong, there you go. wrong vampire movie. Kirsten Dunst. Wrong decade. Wrong decade. Oh yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah, she I forgot what a fucking tour of force she was. And normally, child actors are just like, eh, no. She was a good um, child. She was really good in Jumanji, so, which was, you know, I think a year after this, maybe. Like, she was always a good uh, young actress who developed into a good adult actress. Very rare. Well, in range, too. Range, too. Because, you know, getting really angry and yet shouting and yelling is an easy place to go to as an uh, actor, even as a young <clears> actor. <throat> and then just a couple of years later, she does uh, Virgin Suicides. Totally different character. Like, there's no place for yelling and shouting in that movie. It's like one of the most subdued, nothing happens films ever. Uh, James Woods, <laughs> just he's fucking nailed it as the, as the dad slash teacher uh, in that movie. But yeah, if, if you want to go back and, and watch a film that has aged really well, uh, has some great fucking huge, amazing set pieces. Some you know that were really there. Some they built. Uh, Interview the Vampire, great one. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I remember really liking that movie. Maybe I'll revisit it. Um, yeah, well, you know, real quick before we get into the news, speaking of movies, I, uh, had the pleasure, uh, on Christmas Eve of going to see the last, uh, or not the last Jedi. I wish I'd gone to see the last Jedi, uh, to see the right, the last, yeah, to, Rise to see of the last fucking Star Wars film that I hope they ever make now, uh, to see Rise of Skywalker. Um, and, and I'm not gonna, obviously I'm not gonna spoil it. I know it's been less than a week. I'm not going to be that big of a dickhead. Um, but just, oh yeah, I, I, I had to talk to somebody today who, spoiled it and i was like a week is not enough it's not even been <laughs> a week you gotta I mean, give people shit, more time it's been, yeah like six days oh. but and 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 over Ugh. christmas but okay but in any event um and 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 guys don't worry i'm not gonna spoil it i won't ruin any plot points but just broadly i, I just want to briefly mention um my my absolute fury leaving the movie theater because um i i think a good subtitle for this movie would have been uh the assassination of ryan johnson by the coward jj abrams that might have been a good alternate title for this film because it was just an absolute piece of shit and i again the, and anyone who listens to our mandalorian podcast knows that of the two of us i'm the much bigger star wars nerd like we you know you like star wars but i'm like 
super into the lore. I've read the comics. I've read like a lot of the expanding universe. Like I'm not a Star Wars hater. I'm not a casual fan. I'm not like, oh, I wish Star Wars would be more SJ. Like I'm not one of those people. Like I love Star Wars. Like it's a jump the shit that's meant a lot to me since I was young. And I'm also not one of these you know morons who's like oh fuck the new trilogy fuck these new characters but all i want to see is luke and no i fucking love the last jedi i loved everything they did you know with luke and with uh, a lot of the character work that that uh ryan johnson layered into that script and and you know talking about how dangerous nostalgia is and 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 how toxic it is you know to to um to moving forward and, and you know and things like that and uh, I was really hoping that this movie would be good because again, I like the story. I like these characters and it's, and it's hard to talk about without spoiling anything, but it just, it, it just disrespects uh, not only the last Jedi, but, but uh, just your intelligence as, as an entertainment consumer and as somebody who can understand complex stories, like it, it, the movie, it moves like at an absurd cocaine pace the entire but like literally the first five minutes of the movie you see six different planets and there's no explanation as to why you're seeing these places why this character is going to them uh there's like three fucking sith uh, MacGuffins, like items that people have to go and find to find the next it, this movie the first half of this movie felt like the fucking goonies like it, it and not in, not in a good way not in a charming funny way like in just like a really dull horrible dreck uh, nonsensical yeah so basically and again you know i'm sure once uh comrade sees it we'll do a full review because i have many thoughts about many of the decisions that jj abrams made but basically and all i'll say again is and this is not a spoiler uh i i it, it it appears as if um, the the really horrible contingent of Last Jedi haters, you know, the people who are like uh, super against, uh, you know, just the people who who bullied like Kelly Marie Tran off social media and like all these different um, kind of like incel uh, segments of the fan base. The right wing, yeah, no, it, it, the MAGA fans, thoughts. yeah, yeah, yeah the know they are. Uh, it, it, it this movie almost seems like an apology to them. In, in like a really gross way so you know i just it really disappointing um you know uh <laughs> but what are you gonna do but what and again well i definitely want to do a full-length review and break down uh all the plot points and how stupid they are and how easily <clears throat> avoidable all of these mistakes were even if you did want to revive a fucking character from you know the, from the original series who died in the original series for no fucking reason uh with no explanation whatsoever so you know whatever um but and again, well, I, I haven't seen it yet and I'm going to reserve judgment, but I can tell you that, you know, it's it's the money, right? Like they they want their two billion dollars, you know, return on their investment per film. And they know that all the MAGA shitheads are a big chunk of that money. Right. And they can do some things, certainly that are different, other things that are the same, but they're they're afraid of losing that money. Right. So if they're going to go to Reddit to hit all the different, uh, you know, plot points that all the whiners on Reddit want, you're going to come away with something that's very just paint by numbers. Market. Uh, it's not going to take any awful. risks. You know, it's it's going to give people. You know, like it's just it's their it's their hand job, yeah. basically. Like, I just want to you know, I want this thing to, to jerk me off and not make me think. 
right? And and I feel like you would agree that, you know, the last one, the Ryan Johnson one, definitely was aware of what those kind of people wanted and kind of told them to fuck off. To them. Like, you guys you know, need to grow and, up and this is not how you, <laughs> right. you should approach art. This is how you should approach, you know, art. And this is right. what you should take away from films. You should, there's not a single, I couldn't give you a single, what's like, you know, what's the message of the last, of the last Jedi? You know, let the past die. Um, there, you know, there's tons of the, the whole uh, Luke story arc revolves around the fact that he was so um, devastated by his failure with 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 ben with kylo that he um goes into exile because he he realizes that it really is ultimately his fault like and that ben was just a scared kid you know that i loved what they did with 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 luke and kylo in the second movie and this movie uh, largely completely discounts that and or ignores it and or you know like retcon like it's just it's awful everything about this movie is awful i wanted to like it i just God, you know, like I, I just can't. And, I, and again, we'll 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 do a more way more robust podcast on it once once you see it. But um, mm-hmm. just really just cowardly. And, you know, I, I can't believe I ever I, I remember going to bat for J.J. Abrams when the when he was it was announced he'd be the uh, director and writer of the original movie uh, or, or of episode seven, because I like in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, no, J.J. Abrams is good um right he did lost and then like you look more into it and it's like no he produced lost and damon lindelof basically is responsible for the entirety of lost uh good and bad and i I actually think largely good um and it's like oh well he did clover oh well he didn't actually write cloverfield or direct cloverfield he produced it and and like you go down the list of all his movies and you look at the things he's actually written and it's like three like three movies and like uh, you know the 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 newer star trek movies which i and i'm not a star trek fan but a lot of star trek fans i know were like yeah these were pieces of shit like or you know they they, they were certainly not up to the standards of of, of what you know the fandom expected out of star trek and like super eight like it, he's just he tries to be steven spielberg but he has none of the the heart or charm of early career Steven Spielberg. And like, he, he's just doing like a poor mm-hmm. man's imitation of that without like the amazing, you know, ET close encounters, like raise like that whole run that Spielberg had. Like he's got none of that under his belt. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you who does have it is John Favreau. Yeah. <laughs> because that guy knows how to make you connect with, with give, hit, give him the fucking next trilogy. Jesus Christ recycled or drawn out or yeah i mean i was watching a uh you know i just, i'll watch like uh you know analysis videos on youtube sometimes the ones that aren't just like hey top 10 easter eggs <laughs> you know uh but things that come out like years after the movie comes out with somebody who you know has some literacy and it was just we were talking about like you know yes marvel is a huge franchise but it, it allows them to set things up so that when you you know, you really are building towards something, a story arc that, that takes place over the course of five or six movies. Uh, and then you, when you get a big emotional payoff, you're like, but well, that only happened because we had five movies yeah. worth, you know, when, uh, you know, the end of a winter soldier, isn't them fighting 12 other winter soldiers. Like they make you think it's going to be, it's, it's Captain America and Iron Man fighting each other. And that's so much more devastating because you're just like, they're both right. They're both right. But still like, you know, and it's it, there's almost no dialogue. It's just here. Here's them 
like this is one of my favorite moments right? and not because of the fight but like just the just the yeah. emotions that lead up to it and it's like yeah that, that i love that that, that right. whole arc and well and, and you got the, the airport fight too which is the big spectacle and lots of you know lines being you know quips and everything and you realize they're not really trying to kill each other and this is really different and now there's, there's much higher stakes so um yeah, yeah. all right well we've talked enough about, uh, about by the way uh, just super for now but as, yeah, just yeah. as a quick segue um uh, there's a there's always like another Star Wars shit posting group on Facebook being posted, and found one today just called uh, Mandalorian bounty posting. And there's no rules whatsoever; you can post anything. And anytime you have no rules whatsoever on what can be posted, invariably it will turn into Magachuds versus communists, right? And and just the meme wars that ensue. <laughs> so right now it's just it's it's all these fucking Magachuds that are you know that clearly don't realize that the they are their mentality or ideology is in line with the empire and think that you know they're somehow not um uh, but there was there was a great one uh me and my cell in there today it was uh the the scene from the mandalorian pilot where he walks into the room and there's like there's the four stormtroopers and just him uh and the different the different stormtroopers are labeled bay of pigs exploding cigars begging Miami for help <laughs> uh, and says, like, we have you four to one. And then the Mandalorian's labeled as Commandante Fidel. I like those odds. <laughs> because for anyone that doesn't know, Fidel Castro uh, was the target Resilient of over 700 assassination attempts by the CIA. Yeah, 700 times they tried to kill him and all of them failed across, I think, four or five different administrations even the jimmy carter administration the cia was trying to kill including a plot with to to replace his cigars with like exploding cigars like they were literally trying like a looney tunes style plots to take him out and like nothing worked (laughs) it was incredible um and and just real quick by the way as you were talking i was looking over jj abrams imdb and i don't know why anyone ever thought he was a good writer one of the only major credits he's had writing is the screenplay to armageddon so um yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh hey fun fact i don't know if i mentioned this i meant to a while ago i was watching one of those uh like youtube things where they have like an actual astronaut uh review sci-fi movies to see like what's Mm -hmm. accurate and what's not because you know of course astronauts want to see things portrayed realistically but also a vision of the future that inspires people to want to go you know join nasa right um and we've always joked at like you know in armageddon like why would michael bay I think even on the commentary track. Oh, Ben um, Affleck savages you know, him in that, uh, the commentary track. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, why would you Why would you hire, you know, a bunch of <laughs> roughneck uh, oil rig guys to be astronauts instead of the other one? And she goes, she goes, that's actually the most accurate thing about the movie is because it's easier to train a mission specialist to be an astronaut than it is to train an astronaut to be a mission specialist. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> All this time, Michael Bay was fucking right. <laughs> about just that one thing. <laughs> But just the one, you know, the he one fucking, giant yeah. gaping hole in the plot. They were all like, "That makes no sense." Turns out that's exactly what they would clock do in that right twice a day. But, but also to be fair, she said <laughs> yeah. that that's what you do. You know, versus training an astronaut to drill, they probably wouldn't come up with a fucking harebrained scheme like drop a nuke into the middle of a fucking asteroid by setting up a dr- like a drill team. Like, I'm sure they would have come up with something a little bit more. Oh no, no! I think they they said something about that. It was like, no, you would you would detonate a a nuke near it to push. Yeah, it. you want to change you know, the trajectory. You uh, like, you would, you're not. You, yeah, the whole yeah, fight. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> I don't think we need to to to, to dispute Whatever. the merits, scientific I, I merits think, of a movie like Armageddon. It's it's fucking yeah. asinine. But yes, um, 
they they were all suffering from space <laughs> dementia. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had a Biden story. That'd be a great transition. <laughs> Speaking of space dementia, <laughs> um, no. So uh, yeah. So uh, well, yeah. I don't know how else to to transition into this because, and again, it's been a pretty slow news week. You know, we had Christmas and Hanukkah and et cetera. So you know, not a lot of shit going on in the world, um, in the world of politics, but. Uh, one big story that broke the other day uh, from the uh, folks over at the Intercept was that uh, Michael Bloomberg is um, using. So f- number, first of all, the, hilariously, he has such little support uh, and, and is so disinterested in getting volunteers for his campaign that he's paying a firm to to make calls on his behalf to make like, you know, uh, fundraising or, or not even fundraising. He's not even taking funds just to make voter outreach calls on his behalf. Like he doesn't have any volunteers. He has to pay a fucking group of people to do this. And turns out the firm he was paying to do this. Uh, and, uh, and there's no way he didn't fucking know this. Like I refuse to believe his fucking denial. Um, it, they use prison labor to do this. So they're paying somebody like $20 a month to make fucking calls on behalf of Michael Bloomberg, Mr. Fucking stop and frisk who probably put half of those people in prison in the first place. It's, unbelievably tone deaf even for a gajillionaire like michael bloomberg but it's so emblematic of his fucking campaign and like everything that's wrong with with modern politics it's unbelievable right and and i've done um i've done paid campaign calling before and this was for the afl cio and it was um you know they they hire like a dozen people to make say like two three hundred thousand phone calls in a certain area over the course of like one to two months right and you know it's kind of boring work like you make a lot of calls you don't you know one in ten people actually pick up and you talk to them for a little bit right uh and we were all paid you know it wasn't like a long-term job we were paid like 12 13 bucks an hour or something like that uh and this is this is you know several years ago um so the the fact these are are prisoners that are paid 20 bucks a A month. month uh there's no way that the campaign wouldn't have known that when they were getting billed by some outside firm and it was like oh you're only gonna you know you're like you would know you'd have a a package of like here's the number of calls we will make in this amount of time and here's what we're billing you for it and they would know how many people would have to be uh you know hired in this case uh, enslaved to do that work to get those numbers right all of this stuff is tabulated ahead of time when you're purchasing that uh, the the labor so yes of course (laughs) they fucking knew now, did Bloomberg personally know? Probably not. He's got so much money, he doesn't pay. Nobody has any fucking like scruples that. on that campaign. Uh, but uh, yeah, for the campaign to say they didn't know, no, that's that, that's just a yeah, fucking no, lie. They, they were embarrassed by it, and they had to fire the group immediately to save face. But yeah, no, exactly. So like, if there's a firm that farmed this work out to this company, the firm isn't going to take money out of their fee to pay these people to do these things. They're going to pass that along to the Bloomberg campaign and say, Hey, okay, well, we'll, we'll connect you with this, uh, this, uh, state group, which is running, you know, out of the federal penitentiary and their rate is, you know, $2 an, a, an hour that whatever it is, like some preposterously low fucking slave labor, uh, wage. Um, so it's just fucking gross, but of course he doesn't give a fuck about, you know, uh, all the black people that he put in prison, uh, during his time as mayor, doesn't give a fuck about anything. I don't I, like. I, I genuinely don't know why he's running. He's not even trying to qualify for the debates or to make it on ballots in states. Like, I, 
I would say it's a vanity thing, but like he's he's, he's, he's it's, it is he's just bored. These people get he just bored. wants to go they to parties. He to wants do. to go to he wants to you go know. to fundraisers. Like it it seems like that's all this is for. What do you do when you have already been mayor of the biggest city in North America and you're a billionaire? You have all this like what what's what where else do you go? Yeah, I guess you, you try know? to buy the president. Like, where, where does Stephen Colbert go after after the Colbert report? He's got to go to CBS, and then he yeah. sucks, right? So it's like. These, these, these guys just cannot um, their their egos won't let them uh, you know right off into the sunset so to speak and it, it's a it's, it's a shame but it's also hilarious that you know this guy's getting bilked for uh, over a hundred million dollars already and he, he couldn't even qualify it's for like three percent nationally he's it's, like it's, it's, it's gonna be the, the the biggest like rate like cost to to vote tally ratio like he's not gonna get a single delegate in a single state. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. Like I can't wait. Um, but yeah. oh yeah, when you when you start looking at like the the, the dollar per vote things, that it gets really interesting because that's where you really see like what you, how much did you have to spend to to get where you landed, yeah. right? Um, I, I worked on a, I worked on a campaign a long time ago, uh, and we had no money. And when I say no money, I mean no money. <laughs> we had. Uh, you know, all of the labor was in-kind donations, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but we had some really great people that were actual professionals at what they did, you know, graph designers, videographers, and everything. So we ended up with, like, about $20,000 in in-kind donations if you'd actually, you know, paid for all of it. Uh, and it was a um, uh, at-large election, mm-hmm. city council race, uh, and got something like almost 20% of the mm-hmm. vote, right, yeah. with no money. Um, but we still tabulated like what the in-kind donations were. It was about like $5,000 cash, right? It it was like 17 cents per vote that, that we actually spent on this campaign. The incumbent, uh, who had been around for like 16 years had to spend something like $65 per vote when we looked at how much money he'd spent. (laughs) So you realize how, you know, how, how, if you've got a bunch of money and you're the incumbent, clearly you have the advantage, but, uh, the 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 efficiency of a small grassroots campaign with how they spend the money and what they get for it is phenomenally better. At least yeah. it was for us. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah. So you know, his campaign is pathetic, but I don't expect it to last long. Um, obviously, Bernie is still uh, the front runner, and you know, it's funny because people are actually starting uh, to notice and talk about it on cable news because I think they just want to have that little bit of wiggle room if he becomes president for them to be like well you know yeah no we did we we mentioned it you know hey look here's a clip of us once <laughs> you know talking about how we might win and then see we weren't that negative so you know please please don't you know <laughs> shit talk our network please come on our shows like please birdie like you know they're all they're all fucking bowing down now because they i think they finally it's getting through. like you know obviously the operatives always knew that he was has a very good chance of winning but like the idiot pundits that get paid to be you know airheads on television i think are finally starting to be like oh wow well, huh. this is uh, this is, seems to be a bit more than an anomaly that he's still hanging around of course yeah i mean they've always known it because he's the the only one they're afraid of when they we're running uh, articles, just hilarious. The headlines are hilarious. The interviews are even more so all the way back to like last spring, you know, when uh, you've got some democratic bundler say, well, Beto is, is, is the new Bernie. 
it's Beto's yeah. army now, and he's unstoppable. And you know, he's ideologically the same, but he's young and energetic, so he's going to have all the youth vote now. And it's it's just it's like you know they know these things aren't true, but they think if they publish it in Newsweek enough times that people will just go, oh, that I read it in the fucking th-, you know, uh, and they. Well, you know, and then they couldn't do that anymore. So now it's like, oh, Warren and, um, you know, Warren's the great alternative to Bernie. It's like, why do you need an alternative to Bernie? If if they're if they really were the same, you'd just be like, well, he's been doing it longer. Right. We trust him more. And she, and she they don't do that. Because they that anyway. Not even couldn't hold up to remotely. it. You know, obviously. <clears throat> um, yeah. And it was just I think it was the, the saddest scene like TYT pull that game for about a month, you know, it. and then people were just raking them over the coals. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, mean, I mean, they when when Jank read her health care plan, he said, that's it. It's Medicare for all. End of story. It, there it is. And it's like, you, <laughs> Anna, you could tell Anna was like, you didn't read it, did you? You didn't really read it because I yeah, and this is it. And we're not even talking about her, her, her total flip flop. This is just her, uh, you know, flat tax Medicare for all proposal. Uh, and I, this isn't even that wasn't even referring to the, the three year. Uh, lead in where it's a public option like that that i think even was too much for him to defend um he, you know but he right. still he still likes her because <clears throat> yeah. again he's a fucking capitalist to his bones as he always says uh but you know whatever um but no yeah and, and well now the the new thing they're trying to push with for five seconds was klobuchar uh which i don't think is a coincidence that they gave her the second most speaking time in that debate uh right behind bernie <laughs> Um, I think it was just like a like a, a balloon, you know, like sending up a balloon to see what see what happens, uh, like a you know like an A B test type situation. Um, and nobody's gonna fucking bite you because know, you know, if, it's it's preposterous. No, I mean she's 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 the you know I, I sort of joke that um, Klobuchar is Pete Buttigieg's disappointed mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll let you imagine what she's disappointed about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if Kamala Harris, who by all accounts, I'll, I'll agree with all the Vox.com fucking bald idiots that, yeah, on paper, Kamala looks like the perfect Democrat president. Uh, it's just that she was she's a real person. Right. And on paper is not where people are at right now. Uh, and when you can just look at someone's record and go. There it is. You're you're yeah. a monster. You're a fucking Republican. She's also just not uh, a good politician. In general. Like she's not. She's not good at like being sympathetic. Like she's just not a good like all that shit's like stupid. I understand, but it's also very important when you run for president that you can project empathy and sympathy and 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 realness to, to people. And whenever she would project realness, it would be really uh ugly shit like like the truancy thing and like you know joking about people talking about more uh schools less prisons like you know like joyously joking about it like so anytime you'd see a real face it was like oh god you're like said you're a fucking monster so like she was just not good at that aspect of politics which is like 50 percent of the job honestly and then, and then it was like the the you know how much they would push her uh, you know summer playlist and they would have her there like grooving out to different songs that were clearly you know like market tested focus group songs you know and it was just it's like has she even heard of half of these people that she's pretending about? Her, she's her favorite deep into the music songs? scene she was yeah. listening to Tupac in like 1987 like way before he even released an album like so 
She's, oh, she's that's super, right. That's right. Yeah, Back when she was in college. Yeah. She's into the real underground. And, you know, didn't didn't they fucking learn this shit with Al Gore oh. back in 2000 where it was like he couldn't even answer what his favorite song was. <laughs> he was so petrified of giving the wrong answer. Like, dude, just fucking pick a song. No one's going to be John oh, Denver. That, just say it. Al Gore. We know you we know it's a John Denver. Right. We know it's like take me home. At least at least at least fucking Bill Clinton could be like, oh, yeah, Beatles yelling Rigby. Yeah, like, that wasn't hard. That's a fucking safe answer. But he didn't have waste any time with it. You could tell he really did like the song. He tried to, like, okay, tried that's to... a good one. It's not my favorite remember Beatles what, song, remember... but okay. <laughs> you remember at the convention when they tried to make Al Gore seem like he like uh, like had a, a sexual relationship with his wife, and he like gave that really gross kiss for like no reason, like right at the end of. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's some some it, boomer it so, porn it right so, there. So like oh, obviously oof. like his campaign staff was like, oh yeah, no, just give her a real long like uh, not appropriate kiss like in at, at on the convention stage. It, it was just so like, <laughs> what are you doing? Joe Biden was like, all right, Al, here's what you do. <laughs> this will give this will give you some personality, Al. I know nothing else is going to do it, but this this will make you connect with voters. And it's just like, oh, like it's this man like trying to eat his wife's face. Um, God, just yeah. Democrats are the fucking. Worst. And then Ted Cruz was like, "That's what I'm going to do, except I'm going to punch her too." <laughs> my daughter's going to go reeling away from me in one direction, and fucking my wife's going to get punched in the face in the other direction. God, oh, they just suck. Well, so you know, but speaking of Bernie being the front runner again, they're you know while they're simultaneously acknowledging it, they're also trying to throw everything at the wall that they can to try to stop him. And like the new thing, which is fucking hilarious um and this shows you how bad they are at these things because they're they their baby brains are like oh well you know this works for corbin in the uk let's try it for bernie is they're trying to smear him as an anti-semite like the potential first jewish president of the united states whose family was wiped out in the holocaust like his, his you know his grandparents were wiped out in the fucking holocaust they're trying to paint him as an anti-semite so you know this is just uh you know low and disgusting doesn't even begin to describe this tactic but uh you're seeing it a lot from donut twitter and obviously it's not sticking and i think there's a lot of uh, uh debate on uh, in left circles about how we should respond to these people if we should respond to them if we should uh, quote unquote amplify them by calling them out but i, I don't I, I just don't i but then there's people who say like oh, you shouldn't let it fester you should obviously point out how disgusting this is and and you know uh i don't know i mean I, I think this is so egregious that this would not play with normal people but but again this is what they're doing is they're saying they're not saying he himself is anti-semitic although of course some of them are like oh yeah, he's a self-hating jew he's not a real jew um but they're saying he associates with people who uh are anti-semitic meaning muslim people like they're basically all they're basically everything they're basically saying is rooted in their own islamophobia because he associates with people who actually think that Palestinians should have human rights and, you know, land to call their own that they are in rightful possession of and was stolen from them. So he has the audacity to hang out with people who believe that. Therefore, he is associating with anti-Semites. So this is all just their own veiled Islamophobia masquerading as them calling him out for anti-Semitism. I think that these people are disgusting and disturbing, but they have to hide behind fake accounts to do what they do, right? And this all kind of bubbled up this last week with an account called uh, Democrats Against Anti-Semitism, 
which um, surprisingly, uh, surprise, uh, is not a real organization. It's just one person. Uh, people figured out pretty quickly they're not even a U.S. citizen or nor are they in the U.S. because when they first created the account, they said it was going to be a, you know, like this really high-end campaign starting on 22 December. Well, no, we don't write no. the date 22 December. We say December 22nd. So if someone figured out real quick, they're, they, it, it, either it's, it's, you know, like their fifth follower was near a tandem from uh cap what is it yeah <laughs> so cap progressive whatever the fuck they're called Care for American um and that the their their second follower first follower was this israeli lobbyist who flies to dc several times a year to uh push israel's agenda and you could tell from the volume of content and like the historical stuff they were throwing in here there's definitely somebody getting mm-hmm. paid to do this right it wasn't just like a hobby type person and you know, in a week, they've garnered a couple hundred followers, right? So I, I think it's it's good for people are aware of it, right? And and aware of it, we are. But to elevate it, you know, you don't want to spend too much time on that. I think you want to focus on what Bernie's fighting for. Obviously, dismiss it. Um, but you know, it's it's designed to be divisive on purpose because they they know, you know, it's just like when the, when the police when there's a rally against some big issue. The police know if they go in there and beat everyone up, suddenly it turns into just a fuck the police march. And no one remembers what the, what the purpose was originally. And they're aware of that. And they know they can do that to derail movement for something completely unrelated. Right. Uh, and it's just, you know, it, it's like, yes, look at who, who has followed them. You know, the people like Nira uh, and, and look where the money is coming from. You know, it's all about the Benjamins. Um and yeah, and, and 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 call it what it is. It it, it is you know fake accusations of anti-Semitism are probably the worst form of anti-Semitism because it makes people go, oh well, if that's what you think is anti-Semitism, there must not be any yeah. anti-Semitism. Which is right? which is obviously so you're just, you're just creating... dangerous, and you're facilitating people like Richard Spencer to continue with their under the table. I, when I say under the table, obviously he's very openly anti-Semitic, but he's. Uh, he doesn't present himself that way when he goes out in public. It's just when you actually hear him speak. So like you allow them to get away with this shit. And I'm sure that account doesn't go after people like him or people like Donald fucking Trump, who, you know, said that there were good people on the Nazi side in Charlottesville. Like this account doesn't spend any time going after actual Nazis and anti-Semites. It goes after uh, one person uh, who happens to be the only Jewish candidate running for president. So, you know, that's clearly the way to, to root out anti-Semitism is to constantly attack the one Jew who's yeah. running for uh, president. That seems to be the right tack to take. Oh, yeah. They even had the hashtag never Bernie in their bio yep. for like the first couple of days before they officially launched. And they fucking launched their campaign on the first day of Hanukkah. I mean, just, just fucking how vile do you have to be? How disgusting are you? One of their fucking criticisms that he, that Bernie back in the seventies started an anti-war group. Anti-war group, like anti-Vietnam War. We were still in that uh, quagmire. So are, are, were they implying that the Vietnam War was like a, a secret Jewish plot? And if you were against that, you were the actual anti-Semite? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like none, none of it makes yeah. any fucking sense. You know, it's, it's disgusting. It's disturbing. And then they, they finally got into uh, attacking uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. Um, just basically like saying that they were elected with... Uh, you know, huge Muslim majorities in their districts. And they just like say that as though you're supposed to just infer that like the, there's too many Muslims here. Uh, and that in and of itself, we have yeah. to worry about, you know? So, you know, clearly it's somebody who doesn't realize that, that 
reads as extremely racist and Islamophobic because they're not here, right? They're they're tweeting all this from a part of the world where you can say things like that, and that's totally normal speak, yeah. right? Yeah, a place yeah. like Israel, where, where this is obviously <laughs> coming from. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's just fucking gross and it's really disgusting to do to somebody, uh, particularly like Bernie Sanders, who, again, lost most of his family in the Holocaust, uh, worked and lived in Israel for a time, uh, is is certainly no enemy of Israel. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, just wants to see everyone have a fucking peaceful and safe existence in the Middle East uh, and, and every country. I mean, that's his overall arcing far, uh, foreign policy is that he wants people to be safe and, and, you know, provided for like that. He, so it's just, it's fucking gross, but you know, what are you going to do again? I don't want to elevate it too much. Just, just thought we should bring that up because it's maybe the most egregious Bernie smear that they've tried yet. And it does not seem to be sticking. Uh, thankfully. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey was also kind of in the news this week because uh, he released another just really fucking bizarre uh, video, like pseudo in character as this House of Cards character. And it was like a Christmas video. Um, and he, it, We're going to get one of these every year until he dies. Now. <laughs> or until we're, we're murdered by Christmas his assassin. Spacey, or Christmas Spacey. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, unless he's doing it himself. Um, yeah. The, 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 the Christmas Kevin Spacey videos, because last year he did this and he's wearing like a, a Christmas apron. And this time he does it. And he's sitting fireside with like a Christmas sweater on. Uh, lights are turned down super low so you can barely see him. Um, and he's he's just d- riffing on his character, who is a murderer uh, on the show House, House of Cards. Uh, and in he, you know, he's in the news, uh, of the 30 people who that have accused him in the last year, three of them well, have, have been committed, killed, committed suicide, quote unquote, which is just really a cra- yeah, there Epstein, was just a real Epstein, coincidence. And yeah. literally the day before this th- most recent third accuser committed suicide, he released this fucking video where he says something about killing them with kindness at the end. It's it's it it's almost like yeah super you're, you're fucking brazen like it's like yeah no I'm gonna kill him and like what are you gonna do about it like what are you, nobody's gonna believe you I could fucking I could I could I could my next video yeah. could be me killing my fourth accuser and they wouldn't pin this on me it's unbelievable it, it's 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 like he is you know calling the the police department in the movie seven to let the police know he's gonna <laughs> kill again. Right. And, and Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are, you know, running around in the fucking rain tower, you know, and the cars trying to catch him and they can't catch him because he's fucking cut his finger uh, fingerprints <laughs> off. Right. Uh, it, it's like that level of, oh, my God, Kevin Spacey was was telling yeah, us oh, the oh, truth Kevin's, the whole Kevin fucking Spacey's time. He's like, what do, what do I have to like, tell you now? He, he might be like another fucking O.J. Simpson. Like it's it's we like we just thought he was a sex pest. Like, he no, he might actually be a murderer and or someone who hires people to murder people for him. Like there's a very good chance that that's what's happening, which is um, horrifying. <laughs> but you know, that's, that is 29. That, that's the 2010s in a nutshell, uh, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly there's gotta be some, you know, investigators out there uh, in, in some, in the somebody FBI, somewhere fucking looking police into department. This. They're looking at this going, yeah, there's, you know, he's not some fucking mastermind. He's just a fucking egotistic lunatic, 
right? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, that, that's not to say he's going to get away with it because look at OJ, right? But still, <laughs> that it's it's way too fucking creepy, way too there's you know, way too uncoincidental, I should say. Uh, that he's he's basically you know wink wink nudge nudge uh, kill people <laughs> oh and then look what happened to three people who who you know accused me and ruined my career like I, I I'm sure he truly thinks that like he's the one who's been wronged and he's getting revenge uh, and that he's the righteous one in all this so yeah you know Kevin Spacey um, probably a serial killer <laughs> but you know whatever I guess we'll time will tell um, eh. maybe. Has Ben Shapiro waited on any of the Kevin Spacey stuff? Because I feel like he'd be one word like, you know, he he'd go to bat to defend Kevin Spacey for some really fucking bizarre. Yeah, he'll defend reason. pretty much anyone. Uh, that's that's horrible and shitty. I'm sure he loved the Last Jedi. <laughs> or uh, excuse me, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, my mind my mind doesn't even want to remember that title. Well, he doesn't like Trump. That's about the only uh, he he only doesn't, guy. but he <laughs> like defends his bullshit too. Like he's he's still a coward when it comes. Like he's still paid by. You know, by the Mercers and shit. So he still has has to toe their line. Yeah. So you know those like face transition things. You know, like every once in a while, somebody comes out with a better version of it. So everyone does like, hey, who do you look like? And it's like it like figures out who you look like. But somebody somebody did one of the pictures of Ben Shapiro and figured out he, he looks a little bit like Malcolm <laughs> X of all people. Now it's it's not it's not the shape of his face it's his features even though his features you know obviously look different ben shapiro has no upper lip and no, malcolm, malcolm x is very like striking uh, features that's guy. that seems like such a crazy he, comparison well it's it's the the thing that that, they, that that it matches is facial proportions right so it's like the the distance mm. between your eyes and the distance between your nose and your lip uh, those are the proportions that those those little uh, you know face generators look for, right? Because they don't have any context, so it's just it's like mathematically whatever matches, right? So uh, it, it it shows the transition, but it's like they're they're kind of close in in, in these two pictures. Anyway, um, so of course somebody tweeted this out, and they just in, they just included this as the caption in their tweet. Let's say, for the sake of argument, I am Malcolm X. So we've established that I'm Malcolm X. Now let's say because I'm Malcolm X. <laughs> because Malcolm X is black, I'm black. Hypothetically, black people can say the N-word. Now, for the sake of argument, I will say so the N-word. Such, a, such an accurate representation of his fucking horrible faux intellectualism. His, his little... Exactly. His, his man-baby brain that just, like, extrapolates the, the two things that are the least similar and you know, plots a course of breadcrumbs from one to the other. And it's like, no, that's not how logic works. I'd like to think that you I'd like to think that one day he's going to not have ever having ever seen that stumble across this app and put his face in. She'd be like, Oh gee, I wonder who I got. And uh, it's going to come up Malcolm X and he's just going to suck the business end of a shotgun. And we'll never have to hear one of his fucking helium videos again. But you know, Oh, One no, he would, that would validate so many things for him. He would go on his show and be like, actually, it's it's me that should get reparations. Yeah. That, that would be how he would he would process oh, all God. that. He would he would love that. Figure out he's, he's yeah, an honorary no, black for man. Sure. Um, oh, God, I, I just saw another one of these uh, Mandalorian. Memes. You can tell there's a lot um, of news this week, by the way. Again, everybody. the same. <laughs> it's like fucking nothing to talk about. 
it's the it's the same uh the same setup where Mando is surrounded by four stormtroopers and each one's labeled uh Nazi Germany and fascist Italy Imperial Japan and of course we're like, we have you four to one uh, and the Mando's um labeled uh some Soviet boys about to burn <laughs> Berlin down in the fuck to the fucking ground. That's I like awesome. those. I like, that. <laughs> I like. I like that they went with the Soviets. Uh, not the US. Sony had another that little. Was the right, that was the right move with that. And that one. Yeah. And there's another meme below it of uh, C3PO, and he's got like Lenin's <laughs> trench coat on. <laughs> Uh, and he, he's like surrounded by tanks and planes and he says, you probably didn't recognize me because of my red army. <laughs> it is which, which, which was a joke because of his red arm, but I, and again, yeah, everyone, no, 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 everyone no, 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 I do because he didn't have a red arm in that movie. I don't know if they cut it. I don't know if that was, I, I literally think that they put that in there to sell toys. And I, unless I missed it in the minute that I went to the bathroom, he never had a red arm in this movie. So I don't know what the fuck happened with that whole. I, I, this is again one of the million perplexing. It was just a temporary I, I, arm, wasn't it? Wasn't just in um, Force Awakens that was just in that just in that one movie, and then they no, no, I, changed well, it out. I, I, I could be wrong, but I thought the the uh, maybe yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right, but I th- I could have sworn in the promotional materials he had like a different arm or like some weird. They didn't even show a scene where the head is arm changed. It's completely bad, right? <laughs> it was just, no, I'm just kidding. It, I don't just, care. Oh god, everything. Things so are allowed to happen on this fucking. Yeah, no, it just awful. Um, All right, well, I'm gonna go see it on Saturday, and yeah, then yeah. we can. I can't. I can't wait together. to. To. to I, I can't wait you to can, write a, a thousand times better version of of JJ's shitty script. Like even with the with using the main plot points, but changing one or two very big ones, but using the main plot points of his script, showing you how he could have done it a little bit more logically, and it would have made a ten times better movie. But he's just a fucking hack and cannot even come up with basic uh, fucking storytelling yeah. or character. Yeah, 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 yeah I know, I'm I know, not going to prejudge it until I see the thing, and I probably won't even give a shit enough to really give a shit one way or the other. But we'll yeah, we just talk just, about it. We'll see. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I think that's most of the news I wanted to get to. There was one uh, I, I do have a funny clip uh, to play, and, and <laughs> I, I want to chat about it because I think it's actually a, a funnier, com- a broader conversation about like boomer mentality in general. Um, and this is something that actually came up at christmas uh eve dinner or maybe it's christmas dinner i can't remember but um uh, so i want to play this trump clip and uh, then we'll talk about it this is him talking about the epa opening up uh (coughs) or or looking at their standards for water because obviously all the water-based products we use washing machines toilets sinks except showers etc are are a lot more energy efficient and a lot more they they don't waste as much water as the old toilets from the 50s used to you used to flush a toilet and it would be a fucking you know uh, a, a, a fucking barrel of water would flush down the toilet for your you know uh, whatever you needed to flush and it's like well that's kind of a waste of water so toilets today don't really do that so this is his uh diatribe about that we have a situation where we're looking very strongly at sinks and showers and other elements of bathrooms where uh, you turn the faucet on in areas where there's tremendous amounts of water, where the water rushes out to sea because you could never handle it, and you don't get any water. You turn on the faucet, you don't get any water. They take a shower, and water comes dripping out. It's dripping out very 
quietly dripping out. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. They end up using more water. So EPA is looking at that very strongly, at my suggestion. Uh, you go into a new building or a new house or a new home, and they have standards on where you don't get water. You can't, you can't wash your hands, practically. There's so little water comes out of the faucet. And the end result is you leave the faucet on, and it takes you much longer to wash your hands. You end up using the same amount of water. So we're looking at, uh, very seriously, at opening up the standard. And uh, there may be some areas where we'll go the other route, desert areas. But for the most part, you have many states where they have so much water that it comes down. It's called rain, that they don't know, they don't know what to do with it. So we're going to be opening up that, I, I believe. And we're looking at uh, changing the standards very soon. So I, I, I know. So number one, so obviously <laughs> Trump is taking massive shits that just won't flush because he talks about having to flush the toilet 13, 14 times, which I have never in my life. Well, have you seen the the food that he serves at the White House? It's like here, here's two hundred Big Macs. Oh, what, what do you mean you you're having bowel issues? Fucking Lincoln was painted up on the fucking wall up there in that room. I don't, yeah, I don't it, see what the it, problem it's just, was. It's just hilarious because you know this is it, any any policy that he really hones in on is something that pisses him off personally. So like lack of 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 like toilet flushing capability is clearly something he's experiencing at the White House, and he's like furious about it. It's just super funny. Sure. Well, okay. So, so I get part of what he's trying to say. Like you go to a fucking, you go to, you know, like a, a restaurant bathroom and there's a little fucking laser sensor right in front of the thing. And you got to put your hands like right under the faucet and it gives you like maybe two seconds of water and then it stops. And it's like, I didn't yeah. move my hands away. What the fuck? Like, and, and yeah, I get it. That's annoying. But the, the, the restaurants don't do that because they want to save water. I mean, they do, but they, they do that because they don't want somebody coming into the restroom, turning the faucet on, washing their hands, and then just walking away and leave the faucet running. Because people do that all the fucking time because the people are insane, apparently. Uh, and, it, it, you know, I, it's like, I, I sort of understand that, you know, but like we don't have that same problem with toilets. It's not like they, they there's only enough water that it like, you know, halfway flushes and doesn't you know, finish the job. So uh, just, you know, and, and the idea that, you know, oh, oh, cities that get rain don't, don't know what to do with it. Uh, th- that's because it, it, it's like lightning. You don't know how much it's going to come. And when it does, it's so much you have nowhere to put it all. You know, it'd be great if we could just, you know, put an antenna up and then when lightning hits it, you can suddenly store all that power. The problem is that it, it can't work that way because it's so much energy. So suddenly there's no battery that can absorb it all. Right. And, and same thing with storm drains where you've, we've had, to, you know, federal uh, standards or that under uh, the Clean Water Act, cities have had to build bioswales because if there's too much rain, the, the, the storm drains spill over into the raw sewage and then all the raw sewage goes out into the, into, you know, the fresh waterways, rivers and streams and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, we've had to figure out better ways to, to store rainwater, but it's not as though you can just turn that into water. drinking See- water. Uh, and, 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 you know, most cities actually have, uh, rules or have city code against gray water and black water systems. So until, until that changes, you can't really do anything with rainwater uh, other than just let it go out into the river. So, you know, clearly he's clearly, not talking you, about you put that. way more thought into this than he did. It like, literally, I guarantee you, this is one of two things like, number, 
I know, exactly. And I hadn't even heard this yet. <laughs> so this, this is, is literally just my background he, knowledge. He's taking massive shits because he eats disgusting food and then they don't flush. And also, he probably doesn't like when he goes into DC restaurants that when he puts his hand into the faucet, he can't scrub them violently because he's like a known germaphobe and he's probably very upset that he can't get like a good, massive, hot, you know, steam pressured sink experience when he goes to these places that's that's literally all that's behind this pot it's just so I mean, d- yeah yeah isn't isn't trump all about like high end yeah, yeah. i want the nicest everything like shouldn't he be going into uh, a bathroom where there's like you know three different bathroom attendants that all like wash his hands for him and you know fucking dry it with a he's little gaudy though he's and, not he's you know, not like, like doesn't, doesn't classy in any way like he pretends like he is but he's like 1980s gaudy no. classy you know um but speaking of gaudy and uh bathroom attendants um i, I don't know if you're no, a tim and eric fan that, yeah. the way that i am uh well yeah i mean you saw us right yeah, course, the yeah. uh, jordan peele movie right and tim heidecker is in that and his his character is kind of uh, reminiscent of a lot of things that they do on Tim and Eric, and they've had a bunch of different shows, right? Uh, all getting more and more absurd, but like good absurdist humor has to be based on uh, something realistic. Otherwise, it's like, what do you? Yeah. What's the absurdity, right? It can't just be like random things. It's going to be based <clears throat> on something. They have the um, a newer series that's like uh, like full episodes, like twenty thirty minutes, uh, called uh, Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories, and it ranges from stuff that's kind of zany, like Zach Galifianakis kind of stuff they've done before, to things that are full-on Black Mirror uh, level of, of like, unsettling. Um, and they do one, they like, maybe the, the least fucked up one they did was about three guys. It's like a, a send-up of a sitcom where it's like, hey, what if two, you know, and it's like bosom buddies were just like, no, you could never pull it off, really. And it's three guys that work as bathroom attendants but they also live in the bathroom so whenever someone comes into the bathroom they have to like quick hide all of their personal belongings right uh and then they decide to have a triple date and then hilarity ensues as they try to have sex in the bathroom stalls and then also <laughs> still be bathroom attendants when a customer comes in um and god i can't remember her fucking name but it's it's uh maggie green from walking dead is in it <laughs> it's really fucking funny because like you never yeah there you go uh it, it yeah just random made me think of that um but yeah check it out if you like absurdist comedy uh yeah. or if you like twilight zone shit or any but so no stuff. and you know in another he he talked about this again in a rally that i think that same night and he talked about how they're talking they're gonna bring back light bulbs you know like because god forbid we have energy efficient light bulbs um they they don't like the swirly light bulbs they want to bring back the fucking uh you know <laughs> the tungsten light bulbs which don't last nearly as long and eat way more energy and cost you more money but maggot chuds are fucking idiots and they're like yeah Why? no that's that's i like that light i don't like these new fucking pussy lights you know like okay well they're brighter and they're nicer and they have a nicer t- uh you know color tone to them and they last like seven years and they cost you way less money yeah, but I don't fucking like you. You fucking you know, little right. pussy. But what? But you know, again, see. Well, d- d- can't they enjoy the fact that like they're still really bad for <laughs> yeah, the environment? No. You can't throw them away. They still got a ton of mercury like, in them, guys. That? Like you know, no, it's, it's <laughs> not. Yeah. Um, but at least they last. Yeah. Long. It's, you know, you fucking that light bulbs is one of those areas where you kind of you, you fucked either way until they come up with a really clean version that doesn't. Oh yeah. Well, do you know the history about why? light bulbs 
didn't always last a long time. Well, I, I vaguely remember like they used to not um, make them to last because they used they, they the original ones were made so well that people just wouldn't buy new light bulbs or something along those lines. Right. Well, it, it was like all the light bulb companies in the world. I want to say this like yeah, very early exactly. on 1890s or like zeros, all got together. They had like a conference together uh, in which they all agreed to not to, to make light bulbs <laughs> that wouldn't really last more than a year. Yeah. It was like um, just just a fucking monopoly, a monopoly on making a shitty product. People have to keep buying over and over when they completely had figured out how to do it. You know how how to make this shit last forever. You know, and these these were the same people that were, uh, you know, any any time that um, what's his name, uh, inventor Edison? dude, um, no, 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 the the Tesla. one that yeah. uh, Tesla, Tesla. Anytime he tried to invent some shit, they would go fucking burn down his factory because they were like, nope, we can't have you creating free unlimited electricity because yeah, yeah. we need to make a profit. Uh, which is exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to fucking build machines that would just pull static electricity out of the air. Uh, and he was doing it like the, I know, I know you, I hate having to f- try to get you to watch Christopher Nolan films because I feel like, you know, no, and I love Christopher Nolan. I, you cast, know, I mo- like most, you just- most of them <laughs> I, I've seen, I just haven't gotten around to, to watching Dunkirk and or, uh, the prestige yet, but you, you, prestige, you got to watch the prestige because it's, it's about magic, but it's also about like, you know, science fiction plus david bowie playing yes. nikola tesla is fucking awesome um but yeah like that's the, there there's some um some great scenes uh, with him in there of that uh but th- yeah i mean like he he invented a fucking light bulb that you 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 know you could just hold it in your hand and it would run off fucking a, you know like hmm. a non-linear current like you didn't have to have a wire connected to it and people got really freaked out um he made this fucking I forget, I forget what it was. It was some kind of radio tower and the FBI decided <laughs> to blow it up because they were afraid of what it might do. Cause they, 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 yeah, they were like, this guy has technology that, uh, we would use for evil. Mm-hmm. So we assumed that he would too. And he literally was trying to do all this shit, uh, made no society. money, w- w- you know, yeah. wasn't even filing patents. Uh, he was, yeah, he wanted to just give it all away for free to the world to make the world a fucking utopia. Right. And, and, they, yeah. they, you know, ruined yeah, it for no, it. for sure. Um, but so, you know, Trump is, is you know, talking about these things. And I see we watched that clip and we laugh and we're like, look at this fucking idiot. But uh, somehow this came up during dinner and like my in-laws, future in-laws were, were like, oh, yeah, you know, the, I, I do hate the way these washing machines, they don't fucking they don't fill up anymore. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. And but but then I was thinking about it. It's like this is so fucking tailor made to like boomer mentality about how things used to be awesome, even though they were way worse um, on like, like just, just factually, just, you know, empirically, if you look at like how, you know, just in terms of, of, of statistics and evidentiary based performance of all these things, they were just far shittier, but they're like, yeah, we don't care. Like we, we just don't care. We just want to be as convenienced as possible. We don't want to be remotely inconvenienced. Uh, to serve any kind of purpose beyond just what we need in that exact moment. So hit, that shit is really effective, unfortunately, even to the point where you're like, you, you even mentioned how like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, the fucking hate those, those, uh, f-. and I agree. And, and so like that shit is, is a really good messaging <coughs> strategy. And I don't know how to oppose that without, uh, you know like there's there's just no easy way to oppose that kind of shit because the average joe middle of the road voter who actually makes up a good percentage of this country non-voters or 
non-engaged uh, voters are the majority of this country. And that's the people that I think Bernie reaches really well. But I don't know how to message against stupidity like this that actually seems to land. Like that's that, – that, that. Remind people of the things that they don't have that they should – Right. And and then people are like, oh, yeah, I should have healthcare, free, right, awesome the public the transit that can get me does. from here to D.C. in an hour and a half. Yeah. Like shit like yeah. that. You know, it's 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 hilarious, too, because it's it's like in, in one breath, the boomers are always telling young people like, oh, you guys have it. You kids have it so much easier today than than we did. And then they also want you to, you know, think that like everything, <laughs> everything is worse now at the same time. Like, oh, I got to flush the toilet multiple times. You know, it's, it's like, really? Like. How about how about back in the 1950s where kids used to be able to go outside and play unsupervised and explore, you know, the wilderness of childhood? Uh, and and instead of that, now we have an obesity epidemic with with children and kid, no kids are allowed to go outside and play anywhere anymore, largely because we've fucking built six lane surface highways between yeah. neighborhoods. Right. And, and, you know, we're allowing, uh, you know, neighborhood streets to be. 35, 40 miles an hour, right? Like where, or, or just widening streets to be four or five lanes and people don't have a yard anymore, right? In, in, in neighborhoods, right? Um, it, it's, you know, somebody did a study and they found like the, you know, it was like going back four generations. This was, this was in the UK. So not even just an American phenomenon, but it was like the, um, you know, in 19, 1930s, uh, the average range that kids could go on their own unsupervised was seven miles, you know, you can just walk down the walk down the fucking road from one village to another right? in year 10. And that that was normal. And by the 1950s, it was like less than three miles. Uh, and then by the 1980s, it was less than one mile. And then by, you know, whatever the last decade, uh, probably 2010s, it was less than uh, 300 feet was the average that children oh. were allowed to go on their own unattended. I right. used to fucking so, go all over the and place. And that's just like that, like, that you know, sucks the, if you're a kid. In the 90s, and it's just like that just doesn't oh, happen yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up out in the, yeah, I grew up out in the country. So you could, you know, if I wanted to walk to a friend's house, mm-hmm. I was walking through the woods, right? I was on a fucking, like, you know, <laughs> an adventure to, to get there. And, you know, but that's also if I needed to walk down a dirt road, uh, you know, very low traffic. Um, you could see a car coming from half a mile away. Uh, you know, and they would, of course, slow way down and get way over, you know, because they, they see somebody walking or just, you know, you see people riding horses down, down the fucking road in yeah. the country where I, where I grew up, too. Um, but but on top of it being a shame that kids can't go play and explore, it, it stunts their social learning when kids are always supervised or the only time they get to play with each other is in school. Uh, they lose social learning. Right. And we have now an epidemic of 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 young kids growing up. And, you know, turn to mass school shootings as the release of anger and frustration, you know, in, in places where there aren't there is no public gathering place other yeah. than Walmart and church. Very, very healthy, right? really. There's, there's no, very healthy places uh, to no build relationships. Parts. And it's super oppressive places like church and like a complete <laughs> shrine to the worst elements of capitalism and like Walmart. Yeah. So and, and you notice that, you know, mass shootings don't happen in the country, they don't happen in, in dense cities. They all yeah. happen in Sandy the fucking Hook, suburbs. Places like, you know, right. So that, affluent that, suburbs, uh, Parkland. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Littleton, Colorado. Yeah. So 
And then, you know, at the same time, you've got people saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to solve all the problems that cars have created by having driverless cars. And which are, which are, which you know, have no ability uh, to not kill or, pedestrians, you know, based on the way they're or actually are programmed to kill pedestrians or kill pedestrians rather than kill, you know, the drivers or, you know, it's just they're the passengers of the car. It's fucking right. Right. Well, and, and it turns out, uh, you know, then also well, uh, uh, ride sharing companies like Uber that despite the fact that they have no expenditures, uh, you know, they don't they don't have employees and they don't have any cars of their own. Uh, Uber's going out of business or about to. They've uh, launched their IPO this year at like the lowest. It was it was hyped up and then it ended up like losing a ton of money. They've never made a profit in 10 years. Uh, their CEO that just got voted off the board uh, just sold off two point five billion dollars of his own personal stock in the company. So talk about rats leaving a sick and ship and Uber has invested billions of dollars into R&D on driverless cars. And this has been just such a huge hyped up phenomenon. And people don't realize how far away from that it is, if, if even it ever will happen. And it's because people just don't fundamentally understand, you know, the, their own brains well enough to know all the things they're actually doing when they drive that no computer can ever yeah. do. Right. And, and it's in, you know, they, they've been saying, Oh, they're just like five years down the road for like 20 years now. Um, and the reality is, is I, I spent a ton of time researching that fatality in uh, Arizona when that happened a, a year and a half or so ago. <clears throat> and, and I have a, a friend who's actually a mapping uh, engineer for Uber doesn't work on the driverless cars, but he knows sure. all about what they do there. Uh, and he's like, look, the, the, the radar and LIDAR systems, mm-hmm. LIDAR is like a laser version of radar. Um, they don't work at night any better than the human eye, right? So if the sensory input data is only as good as what a human can see, and in this case, apparently couldn't see someone walking a bike when it was only, you know, 40 feet in front of them, and it still has to make decisions in real time, about what it is and how to react, and it can't even identify what it is, uh, and it doesn't have the capacity to even swerve. It only has the capacity to brake, which it didn't even do. It didn't start braking until after impact. Um, <laughs> you know. And then what do you do when it's raining or snowing? They can't fucking see shit in that. Like, they just literally cannot see, let alone make decisions to safely operate in any real-world environment. So... Uh, you know, it was a bunch of technocrat billionaires that saw some some driverless cars at a racetrack and thought, oh, how cool. I want to invest my money in that. And it's like, look, a fucking racetrack doesn't have any, uh, you know, unknown variables being thrown at it constantly. The only reason why we can launch shit into space and, and put that shit on autopilot is because we can calculate all the variables ahead of time. There's, there's you know, if, if meteorites were suddenly crossing the path of a rocket ship, uh, it wouldn't know what to yeah. do and it would fucking explode, right? Um, when you are driving a car, this is the other big big component people don't realize is you don't realize how much cultural information you have stored in your brain that is informing your decisions about what you do, right? Like say you're driving down the road and you see a dog unleashed. You know that dog's probably going to run in front of your, of your car. <laughs> well, you know that dog is, is – or it's likely so you yeah. take precautionary measures ahead of time, right? Whereas if it's an old lady by the side of the road, you know she's more aware of what the road is and is much less likely yeah. to go wandering out into it, even though she's old, 
you you have to you know knowing that difference between a dog and an old lady is going to inform how you drive and react to things before they actually happen now of course if the old lady just walked into traffic you fucking break too but in this case you know computer can't tell the difference it can see an object and based on its movement it, it takes vastly more time to calculate what it is that it doesn't have the time for you, you need right because yeah, it's still moving at 45 50 miles an hour like, the way that we would you like when i come home from work i like exactly. I'll, I'll be driving and there's usually people walking their dogs on my road and i always slow down and kind of almost drive in the middle of the road because usually my road's pretty empty as so, because dogs have a tendency when they hear cars come by to like try to kind of run towards them so even if they're not like in your path there's sure. a chance that they'll jump into your path at the last second so you just have to be aware of that there's n- no way you could program a, a, a driverless car to do that i can't even fathom how they would figure out a way to do that right so they've been they've been talking about like these these rapid learning engines you know the the brain of the computer that at the longer it's out there on the road the more it will uh you know learn from its mistakes and get smarter right become more of an ai the problem is that's not happening right there these these computers are not learning from their mistakes because they can only avoid something if it's experienced in the exact same thing before right and and there's just too many variables out in the real world to to it has to it can only respond to something if it's seen the exact same thing before coming approaching from the exact same angle in the exact same conditions on the exact same road at the exact same speed and it's just that yeah. that's never going to be that way right so when i when i hear people say that you know oh no it's just the, the technology is just a little ways away it's like it's not you would have to have a, a basically a human brain to do safely what we do. And now, obviously, there's tons of, of operator error in the world of, of people driving cars. That's, that's you know, I, I'm amazed it's not worse. But you're not going to get rid of that problem by trying to develop a computer system. And, it, it, I mean, if anything, God forbid, if somehow they push it through anyway and it becomes normalized, we could go from potentially 40,000 fatalities a year from cars to much, much, much more, yeah. <laughs> much worse, you know, or, or literally have it like, you know, the, the, the penalty for jaywalking vastly increased because, you know, as soon as you start jaywalking, which is a normal human thing. I don't know if people realize this, that for thousands of hum- of years of human uh, history of cities, people just walked in the street because that's what the street was for, it was for people. Right. And they had to fight really hard to make jaywalking a crime. People didn't like the idea. They couldn't just walk where they wanted to the way they always had, right? So just, just you know, and they've already done this in New York City where, you know, the epidemic of people in cars hitting people on bikes, they've decided to start doing sting operations on cyclists rather than go after the drivers who are actually doing the violence, right? So it's just, just really disturbing and dystopian. Um, I just, I know we reviewed it a long time ago, a year or so ago, two years yeah. ago, but the movie Logan, um, you know, Wolverine, the, the scene where... Um, you know, the, the, the horses break loose and all the driverless trucks are, you know, about to kill them completely indifferent to the lives they're about to run over and kill, you know, horses or human or otherwise. It's just like, nope, don't care. Dystopian future. Like that was one of my favorite parts it, it of that. Was, it was a little moment, a but it was of, like, a very like smartly written. Like it, they didn't make a huge deal of that scene, but it was such a smartly written beat for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and also this was, of course, came out just before, Trump took office, but, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff at the border, 
um, you know, the, the, the crazy drunken right wing fuckers screaming USA, USA, uh, look super dystopian. And then like, look what we have now where you've got, um, you know, SWAT teams gassing women and children running for their lives at the border. Now, you know, everyone, I don't know if everyone, uh, how recent that is in people's memory, but you, there was that photo of the, the, the oh, woman God. running with yeah. her baby with the tear gas canister falling around her yeah, from about a year ago. a photo of the know? decade, um, uh, you know, definitely something. <laughs> Yeah, as as we close out our decade here, you know, this is our our uh, yeah our our last regular uh, political podcast yeah, of we'll this have decade. One more probably uh, covering the Mandalorian uh, before the year ends. But yeah, last last political podcast of the decade. We should <laughs> should have done a decade. Maybe we'll do that next week if there's not a lot of news. We'll we'll review some of the news stories of the decade or something. Um, we'll we'll think about that. But yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had one last little thing I want to mention. Speaking of, of, of news, doesn't get enough coverage and, and I hate that this is like this, but, um, so apparently this came out just in the news, uh, this week, but it was about a methane lake from a fracking well in Ohio in 2018 that was never reported. Right. And it was actually, uh, climate scientists in Europe were reviewing data from from like summer of 2018, uh, and they they noticed this huge trail of methane, which of course is odorless and and um, you know invisible, uh, that you would have to have you know some kind of detection equipment to know that you know the kind of thing only an oil company would have, right? Uh, and of course knew about it and didn't report it. That there was let's see something. Um, let's see, 132 tons of methane per hour. For 20 days. Jesus Christ. That's uh, a yeah. tremendous amount. Uh, and methane traps, it's a tremendous amount. And they only knew to look for it because there was like rumors of this having happened. You know, they had to like look at their look at their, their satellite imagery and hone in on it. And, you know, why, why, where's our fucking EPA? Underfunded, of course, but still. Uh, the EPA largely lets these people regulate themselves and... and test for emissions themselves. Right. And I don't even know the name of this company that allowed this to happen. Uh, but yeah, methane traps 80% more heat than, uh, than CO2 does. Fortunately, it doesn't stay in the atmosphere as long. Um, you know, usually only a few decades before methane comes yeah. back down. But if we're never absorbed, stopping to pump it into um, the atmosphere, CO2 it's just going to be a constant fucking cloud of this so. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. Or, you know, if the, if the fine for not reporting is like, you know, something on the order of like a $50,000, $100,000, that's cost just of like, business. oh, that's chump change. That's we literally the cost of doing $30 billion dollars is, is last factored quarter. in. They're like, yeah, no, we know what we're doing is legal. And if we get yeah. caught, we're going to have to pay this amount, but we're making way more. So who the fuck cares? Which is just one other way that capitalism cannibalizes this planet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, among the million other ones. Um. Yeah, so I don't know, <laughs> just a downer to end the decade on, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, well, we got ten more years. We got the, we got literally like the next decade to to solve global warming. Otherwise, that's like yeah, I mean, adios, I, planet yeah, Earth. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, and in a lot of ways, I think we're we're way too late to even stop the the, the worst effects. But we can certainly do a lot to to mitigate. Um, the shit that we've we've you know what we've reaped upon ourselves um and but you know what 
this is we're going into the decade where Bernie Sanders is going to be president for eight years. So that's that's exciting, and that's something we should we should be excited about and uh, hopeful for and optimistic about because fingers crossed we're going to do a lot of good in those eight years. There's a, yeah, I I think so. I think so. And, and and obviously Bernie is going to represent and, you know, practically bring about some meaningful system change, I hope. Um, but you know, it's up to us too. We got to do things differently too. Um, I had, I've been, you know, vegan for 10 years. Uh, and we've talked about that, you know, when, when enough people do things, in their own lives, it does become system change, not just a lifestyle choice. But I actually had the Impossible Burger uh, for the first time. And, you know, or no, 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 it wasn't mm-hmm. the Impossible Burger. It was the Beyond Burger. Basically the same thing. Uh, basically two brands of, of you know, plant-based meat uh, that have been ma- working their way into mainstream franchises like uh, K-Doba, Taco Bell, um, Burger King. Yeah, and and really seeing, like, the the paradigm shift of, like, you know, uh, 100% burger, 0% beef. And like marketing that to people, you know, is still being like, Hey, tough guy, eat this fucking plant burger. And it, it people are responding to it. People are like, Oh, Hey, yeah. if I had another option, I'd do it. And now people are getting that. And it was excellent. It was really good. And I've, I've had plenty of, you know, faux meat type things. And this was definitely one of the best I'd had. So, uh, you know, like we talked on one episode that the Americans are already eating 14% less beef than they were um, even, in, uh, I think, 16, 17 When that number is going to go up drastically. So that's a, a pretty big drop off. Because they're actually, I think, in talks with all of these companies now to figure out which one they're going to carry. And so once they actually adopt it, considering how many people eat there on a daily basis, oh, yeah. that, that number yeah, is going to... Yeah probably skyrocket of people that aren't eating meat. Oh, as exactly. Much meat. And even, even a regular McDonald's hamburger is like yeah. 80% soy already. <laughs> so this would be even, even better. But yeah, I mean, once you have uh, that big of a change, that's, that's like 65 million cars off the road mm-hmm. as, as far as the emissions go. So, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a lot of things differently. Um, I know not everyone can change their life, but, uh, you know, the solution the transportation is never going to be driverless cars or electric cars. It's just not going to, it's never going to replace what fossil fuels have, have done. It's like, you know, we're going to have to have better transit and people are going to have to just straight up live closer to where they work. You know, we're going to have to. Well, and that, but that, and that also goes part and parcel with as, a lot of these bold, ambitious programs Bernie's talking about, like a jobs guarantee and, you know, raising the minimum wage and all these things, which would make it possible for people to do those things. Like this, it, it all is, I think it's all interconnected in, in terms of uh, creating the, the green future we want. It's the, which is why the Green New Deal is not just a bill. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, overarching, uh, series of ideas it's it's a basically it's a manifesto it's a mission statement um and and contained within it are all of these things that are uh amazing and necessary to the survival of the planet and uh, to the survival of the country and the economy and and just you know uh, creating a sustainable economy that's not built on grinding out as much productivity and paying as little as possible to, to workers. Cause that's just a completely unsustainable model. And you know, where we are right now is obviously reflective of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but bro, 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 that's One that. Well, that's, that's also, the, that's the easier way to solve everything, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I just, just want to put this out there. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like the, the, 
you know, the, the, the Venn diagram between uh, Yang supporters and people that think that nuclear energy is a long-term uh, oh, I was gonna, just going to say it's a perfect it's circle. It's just a perfect no, circle. No, absolutely. I, I don't, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I, hate, I hate having to argue just, with these people. I mean, like, I, It just it tires me. The nuclear energy people, not just the, the Yang people I don't even engage with anymore, but there's a lot of well-meaning leftists who who still oh. maintain that there's a that, that there's a safe form of nuclear energy and it's just not fucking it's science fiction this you're, is, you're 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 yeah. fucking it, it's science fiction it just doesn't exist i, I didn't want to go on about it but like it, it's just preposterous it, it, there's just no so this is totally random or maybe not random but as i'm still on the page at this uh LiveScience.com, reading about this uh, methane leak, uh, a little little live video starts playing in the bottom corner, uh, showing a, a mapping of the radiation coming out of the the Fukushima nuclear power plant in Japan and how far it's spread. And it's basically spread throughout the entire world ocean system now, uh, and every day they're going to dump more and more radioactive water into the ocean because they have nowhere else to store it now, and that's going to have to happen forever. For like the next one hundred thousand yeah. years, and that's just one nuclear plant out of about four hundred globally. So, to, to anyone that thinks that you know nukes are, you know, just run, these, these guys, these fucking gangs, like, oh, the new nuclear power, like, no, it's never. You still have all the fucking nuclear waste, and oh, fucking morons. God. These people are tiresome. All right, well. In any event, uh, I think that that pretty much covers what we want to cover today. Um, you know, obviously, we're doing a lot of other shows and whatnot. We just released our uh, annual Christmas episode where we review a Christmas movie. This year, we reviewed Christmas Vacation, although we, we talk about like 15 other movies and TV shows during that podcast. But we do also talk at length about Christmas Vacation because it is, of course, the second best Christmas movie of all time behind Die Hard. Uh, the greatest Christmas story ever told, which we reviewed last year for Christmas. So you can check both of those out in the archives if you're still in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're review, yeah. I, I mean, and how could you not be? I mean, what else do we got to live for now besides Christmas? <laughs> Watchmen season two, if it ever comes. Um, which and if you, by the way, and no, if you watch yeah. Watchmen or if you're no, watching it, it late we'll and you're you know binging it now, you can catch up. Uh, with our Watchmen Review podcast, which is available in these same feeds, What's Left of the Watchmen. Um, and we're also doing a Mandalorian review. Uh, you know, uh, it's called Bounty Hunters Guild. We review the Mandalorian uh, every couple weeks. We've just recently reviewed Chapter 6 and 7. Uh, chapter 7, incredible episode if people aren't watching. Um, so that's available in the same feeds. Uh, and I'm sure we'll do... Uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker review at some point uh, in the next couple weeks after you get a chance to see it. Um, oh, yeah, great. I'll see it Saturday, yeah, so right. we could we'll, even do we'll, it Monday, we'll see. possibly. We'll, we'll see what we're gonna do, but yeah, and that might be a good one-two with uh, the finale of the Mandalorian season finale, of the Mandalorian, uh, which will hopefully wash the awful taste out of my mouth for the for the franchise. Um, so we'll we'll see. It's a little, you just, you just. I feel well, like you're I, setting me up just yeah, to I mean, like you know, it way more than I would have otherwise. Just so we can. Have, like, I, a there's no way you're gonna you're gonna convince yourself to like this movie. Like, I, I, I hope you like it more than I do because I, I genuinely want people to enjoy the things that they go and see and that they like. And I really wanted to like this movie. I did not go in with. I went in with baggage, thinking like, oh well, this is a lot of this material makes it look like it's 
trying to pander to the fucking assholes who were shitting their diapers about how the movie actually made star Wars movie actually made us think for once. Um, and I, but I still went in with like optimistic and like, all right, well, you know what? Look, I really love what they've been doing with Ray and Kylo. And I really loved what they did with Luke. And I really hope they at least follow up on some of these things. And I just couldn't fucking force myself to like it. Like I could not do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I know, all I right. I'm chomping at the bit. I can talk about so, right. like I said, I'll I'll see it Saturday, and then we'll we'll get into. Although the, I will say the uh, the fine, uncomfortable grain of sand. Just, I, I hate sand. It's coarse. Gets everywhere. It's just. <laughs> 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 oh man. Um. But but but. All right. Well, if you're still listening to this, where can well, no, folks I just real quick, I wanted to say the one cool thing I did experience was I went to Adobe uh, Atmos, I think it was called theater. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. It's so I mean, they have the reclining seats and shit, and it's like an AMC theater, but they have like Adobe Atmos or some shit like that. But I had no idea what it was because I was like, oh, this is really fucking expensive. It was like $19 a ticket or whatever, but it was the only showing it that late enough where I could make it after work. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but like, it's like this fucking really intense uh and pristine like 4k visual and like really amazing surround sound and it's like in your seat and the seat fucking like shakes and shit when there's explosions so it was it was actually a really cool way to watch a movie to be really fully immersed in it and i wish it was for a better movie but it's i highly recommend that to anyone that actually has like one of those near them like it would have been really cool to see like like we yeah, get like no, diarrhea that. and then the fucking chair is like <laughs> shake, fucking shake like brown you. note yourself but that but like a movie like sure. like death star yeah, yeah. explodes and you're just fucking like violently shitting <laughs> fucking burrito into um but like a movie like dunkirk or something like that i imagine would have been incredible to see in that in that immersive like but but in any event that that was enjoyable yeah. but uh not much else was but anyway so yeah uh, <laughs> come check us out uh soundcloud.com slash move left uh, look for us on Apple Podcast, Move Left Idiots. Uh, we have a uh, Facebook group, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Patreon, uh, if you want to support the show, is patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we have merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Um, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at smut collector with an ER, not an O. Year, next decade. That's right.